Lord, we come before you on this day that in history seems as a dark day. The day where you came to be our Savior. And just as your people rejected you early on and asked for a king, in this moment, mankind, our human nature, rejects you once again. A few days before this, the cries of Hosanna rung from our lips. But now, crucify rolls from our mouth and from our heart. So forgive us, Lord. Remind us today that you have called us into community with you. That we are to turn from sin, that we are to turn from the darkness that engulfs this world. That we are to turn to the light and the hope that is you. So speak to our hearts now. In your name we pray. Amen. I remember the moments directly after my son was born. In a whole new light, I was able to relate to God and the fact that I now had a son. And I remember those first moments as I held him and I looked into his face and I looked at those little fingernails and the details in his palm and his toes. And in my heart, I couldn't help but to think how perfect he was, how precious he was. I remember praying to God and making the statement, I do not understand how you could have ever made the sacrifice. And I began to think today of this third word, As Jesus speaks to his mother, and I can hardly imagine what Mary must have been going through in that moment as she looks and sees her son's body nailed to the cross. There he is, her baby, her child, whom she carried in her womb, whom she raised whom she loved. Could you imagine your own child bearing the weight of the world upon the cross? It was on this day that darkness began to rule over the land. It was on this day that the sky grew dark. And Mary, with three of her friends, And the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, stood there and held her as she wept. As I prayed for God to give me the words and what to speak into this sermon, I was reminded of a beautiful moment that happened just the night before when Jesus with his disciples for the last time would pray. Some know this is what is called the farewell discourse of Christ, and others refer to it as the high priestly prayer, which is found in John 17. And what I'm amazed by in this prayer is that this is a moment with 
all that is about to take place, with everything that Christ had on his mind, Jesus decides to stop and to take a moment, and he prays for three incredible things. The first thing he prays for is he prays for God to be glorified through his obedience to God's will. He then takes a moment and he prays for his disciples that they will have the the strength to carry on the gospel message, that they will continue to do what God has called them to. And then in this prayer, Jesus prays for a final thing, which is very revealing to the heart of who he is. Because you see, at the end of this prayer, before he goes off to the garden to be arrested. Jesus prays for you, and he prays for me. Because you see, Jesus, the Christ that he is, his thoughts are always on the ones that he loves. And in chapter 17 of John, in verse 20, he prays this for you and for me. My prayer is not for them alone, he says. I pray also For those who will believe in me through their message, referring to the disciples and referring to us, that all of them may be one. And Father, just as you are in me, I am in you. And may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, speaking of community and fellowship with him. And I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father. Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me, and I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. The word says that after that moment, Jesus then got up to the, and went to the oak grove, or excuse me, the olive grove, where he would later be arrested, and he would hand himself over to be glorified. I'm amazed that on that evening, before he was handed over into suffering and death, what was on Jesus' mind was not his pain. It was not his own personal sorrow. It was not everything that was about to fall upon him. But what was on his mind was his loved ones. His judgment wasn't foggy. His mind wasn't boggled. It was clear as can be. And with that on his mind, we find Jesus in this moment on the cross, found in John 19, as he utters the third word from the cross. As I said before, Mary is there. She has three friends with her, and John is beside her. And just as the night before, now in this moment, Jesus' mind is on the needs of the lambs that in this moment will be left behind. Not forsaking the fact that his dear mother, whom is believed to be dependent upon him in this moment, seeing Jesus on the cross, knows now that she will be alone. She will be isolated. 
But from the cross, Jesus, in a moment of compassion, in a moment of grace, utters these words. Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple he stated, here is your mother. Now when you think about crucifixion, as we heard already, it is a terrible thing. And to even speak words requires the gasping of the breath. And the cross was designed in such a way that it would suffocate you. And Jesus, with a heroic, momentous just moment, gets his breath and says these words. And they're not words that are spoken for nothing. But when he says these words, he's reminding us, he's reminding the people that we are not created for isolation. He's reminding us in this moment that we are created for community. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to bear one another's burdens. We are called to stand beside one another. And in this moment when he hands his precious mother over to John, he says, behold your mother. And he gives John a commission to take care of her to take care of one of his beloved lambs, his mother. And in the same way, when he looks at Mary and says, Behold your son, he's reminding us yet again that we are to bear one another's burdens, that we are to love one another, that we are to care for the basic needs that we suffer and that we're not to suffer alone. In this moment, he's commanding John to take care of the needs of this woman experiencing so much brokenness. And so while they may seem like simple words of condolence from the cross for his mother and for his friend, they are a severe charge to every single one of us that we are to care for one another, that we are to love one another because we are created for community we are created for unity and we are created for relationship with one another as we are created in relationship with God the question I ask you today is do you resemble Christ on the cross regardless of the moment of life that you are in As a believer, are you able to remember the basic needs and to care for those around you? Do you lift up your brother and sister in Christ and do you bear the burdens that they bear? Because when Christ issued this statement from the cross, we are called to embrace our brother and sister. So there on that cross, Jesus says those words, The sky continuing to grow dark. John embraces Mary. And Mary weeps for her baby that has taken on so much of the brokenness of the world, all of the sin, all of the punishment upon him. And she weeps. Do you weep for the burden placed on Christ? And do you care for the needs of one another. Would you please kneel with me as we pray?
Dear Heavenly Father, who set the solitary within the family, and by your Son, Jesus Christ, has made of all believers a new family from all nations of the earth. Grant, we pray, that, you, that, that as we are drawn close to the cross, so we may be drawn close to each other. May the world say again, see how they love one another. May the world know by our love that you have indeed made your son Jesus to be both Lord and Savior of the world. It is in his name that we pray. Amen.